Dr. Larry Dosey did a fascinating study. Uh, 3,000 people that were recorded medically to have experienced spontaneous remission uh, of a disease, a miracle. And he simply asked them, why did you get well? I'll give you his top three answers here in just a moment. People that had a miracle healing, why did you get well? Let's remind ourselves, Acts 20, 35, probably familiar words here, but this is Paul. Paul says this, remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Giving in scripture is blessed. I've talked before about C.S. Lewis. He said, you know, we all have an internal moral compass. And he said, one way you know that is there's no culture in the world that celebrates cowards. Everybody celebrates heroes and courage. I would say the same thing. There's no culture, no society that celebrates selfishness. You know, it is not just simply that you give in the sense of a financial giving. It, it can be giving love, giving patience, giving forgiveness, giving your, your very life to say, I want to serve Christ. It is important to remember, though, that it is blessed to give. And so if you want to be blessed, happy, joyful, fulfilled, you've got to be a giver. And if you're entering into this year and you look back at the last year and you did not give in the sense of expanding pouring your life in other people, using your talent, your time, and you know, really saying, I want to be a, a giver, not a taker. I want to encourage you to stop and say, today can be the day that you say, I want to be blessed in my life. I, I want to be blessed. I want to be somebody fulfilled. You know, If you want to have fulfillment in life, Jesus said it. You have to be a giver. Let's talk for a moment, though, about financial giving. You know, scripture talks about giving because everything we have it's on loan to us. We're stewards of it. So there is a blessing in giving financially, a tithe, whether you tie to a, a local church or you give money to a charity, you give money to help somebody out. I love this here from Robert Morris. In scripture, you know, it talks about 10%. Some do 10%. Some people, their goal is to give away 40% of their money to others. Whatever it is, though, it is to stop and say, if you keep everything, that is a, a selfishness. And there's a consequence to that. There's a curse to selfishness. Again, nobody celebrates selfishness. What we celebrate is to be a giver. I love this here from Robert Morris. Think about this when you think about the, the financial life that you have and how you steward that. Would you rather try to make it through life with 100% of your income, but all of it cursed? If you're selfish, scripture talks about a curse then that comes with that selfishness. You want to keep all your money, all 100%, but it'd be cursed? Here it goes, the next part. Or would you rather try to make it through life with 90% of your income, all of it blessed, redeemed, protected by God? It's a great way to stop and think about life. Again, whether you're, you're somebody that gives to a local church, you give to a charity, you give to people in need. The idea is that as you give, it teaches your soul, your spirit, your mind that there is enough. There's more than enough. Do you want to have a blessed life? Then learn to be somebody that gives. As Hank Kuhneman shares, though, many times the greatest barriers we have to break are in our own minds. The greatest barriers we have to break are in our own minds. You don't want to take different actions to, to change your thinking, take on new beliefs to change the way that you make decisions, remove the limitations of your mind. Those limitations in our mind, they, they stop us so often from making what could be a life-changing decision. 
Could be one phone call that you make that changes your entire relationship. Could be one new goal that you set that leads you to a whole different type of life. Could be simply saying yes to an opportunity. Moving on from the, the mindset that says, you know, uh, life it, it is about limitations. You move into that life that is in Christ and you say, listen, I believe that there are no limits in, in him. He's called me to, to be successful, to be at favor, to have his endorsement in all things. And one phone call, one change can truly make all the difference in the world. Let's go back to Larry Dosey's discussion here. He said to the people that had a miracle healing, why did you get well? Listen to their answers. Don't just take this as a physical healing. Think about this in anything in life you want to see renewed in Christ. Why did you get well? 61% said faith. 68% said prayer. 75% gave this as the most common answer that they all had an agreement 75 percent why did you get well positive expectation positive expectation an expectation that god is going to move on your behalf an expectation that you have been given as a joint heir in christ the right to healing to answered prayer so many people have a, a negative mindset and they think you know life just happens to me We've said so often, what if you take on a belief and understand life happening for you instead of to you and having a positive expectation? I don't care if it's Monday morning in a traffic jam, whatever it is, circumstances, that is not what has the most influence. It's our thinking, our belief. You have the right to have positive expectation because Jesus purchased that right on your behalf. As Dawkins, Robbie Dawkins says, being a kingdom people means that like Jesus, we live our lives in agreement with heaven, speaking and acting to accomplish what God wants to do here on earth. You have a different language, a different belief, a different perspective. Think about Jimi Hendrix back 1970, considered by many to, to be you know, the, one of the best guitarists of all time. He's the one that made famous at the end of a concert to start smashing a guitar. And as Robert McGee shares one of his last concerts, came to the end of the concert, he smashed his guitar like normal. Crowd goes wild, but Hendrix falls down on his knees. He's quiet. Then he says these words, speaking to the crowd, if you know real peace, I want to visit with you backstage. Nobody came backstage. A few days later, he had a fatal overdose. Many people around Jimi Hendrix are looking for somebody. Does anybody know the answer to, to real peace? Does anybody know the answer to blessed, happy life? You won't get it if you're not a giver. Giving of your, your finances, giving of your life, giving of your commitments, your time. Maybe begin to speak a little bit different. Here's a declaration to make. Andrew Womack shares this. Declare over your life. It is not what other people do or don't do. I'm the one who has the authority and power of God. I am going to choose life. 
And through Christ, I will live and succeed. You know, consider Bart Millard. He already made a big mistake when his parents got divorced. He was just a young child. He chose to live with his father. So my father was very abusive. Physically, emotionally, mentally, drinking, depressed. Think about growing up in that type of environment. Just this violent man. As Bart Millard would share, one day his father got very ill. He repented, turned his life around, gave his life to Christ. Read the words of Bart Millard. I live with my father. He was abusive. It wasn't until he came out with cancer my freshman year of high school, his life turned around. He kind of fell in love with Christ. He went from the monster to the guy I wanted to be like when I grew up. He passed away my freshman year in college, but there was about five years we were best friends. The transformation he had in Jesus Christ was simply unbelievable. So who's Bart Millard? You may not recognize that name, but wrestling with this loss of his father, wrestling with this past that he had, and then the five years they were so close. One day an inspiration, Bart sat down. He wrote a song, one of the most popular songs in decades. I'm sure everybody knows it. The words simply are, surrounded by your glory. What will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? Will I stand in your presence or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak it all? I can only imagine. Once those limitations come off, once you recognize and take to heart the literal meaning here, remember the words of the Lord Jesus, it is more blessed to give than to receive. To become a giver in all ways, that's the key to fulfillment. If you're not a giver, you won't be fulfilled. If you're selfish, nobody celebrates that. It's time to turn around and go the opposite direction. Love this here. John Lewis Shook, back in the 1800s, he was in a, a church service. They took an offering. It was for missionaries overseas going to China. And they said, what will you give this night? He put a note in the offering plate, and the note read, myself, John Lewis Shook, became a minister. Different life, different place of positive expectation. God has purchased me a new life. If I follow his direction, I will live in that life. I will know that life, experience that life. Here's H.A. Maxwell White in the early 1900s. Talks about the access we have in Christ. Here's his words. A minister friend of mine contracted tomain poisoning or food poisoning. He placed his hands on his body and said, I plead the blood of Jesus. In 20 minutes, he was healed. It is the simple offering of faith, acknowledging that we know what his blood has accomplished. God will hear and respect that which he has purchased for us. He will hear and respect that which he has purchased for us. 
when you go in prayer, when you go in daily life, when you step out into life and you see challenges, have a positive expectation because you're a giver and your life is blessed. Listen to Isme Adelaide. History's bowels have coughed up multitudes of names, chained to fame, tenacious, notorious, religious, sacrilegious. When images come across the window of your mind when you hear names Socrates, Churchill, Mussolini, Mandela, Einstein, does inspiration hit when you hear Rocky? Do you yawn when you hear Shakespeare? Names are pregnant with purpose. That's what's in a name. And friends, if I may inquire, what stirs within your soul when you hear Jesus' name? An enigma personified, holy man, holy divine, took on the lowest name so slaves could reign as kings, deity who chose to endure mortality so we can enjoy eternity. Why does no other name affect the skeptic, the heretic, the majestic, the homicidal, suicidal, the matinee idol? No other name changed nature, mindsets, matter, opened blind eyes, deaf ears, and healed disease. No other name came with this mandate, heaven's kingdom expressed on earth. But if his miracles are just fairy tales, why do millions gather putting their lives on the line for his name? I've come to the conclusion there is no other name. When you and I give our lives to say, I trust he, that name, and I will commit to follow after him. He says, here is the key to life. You want to be blessed, happy, then you need to be somebody that's a giver. So here's some things from Jack Canfield to stop as we are now moving into a new year and taking a look at the year behind us. Three simple questions. Really take a moment and consider your answers. Best to even write them down, but just keep it to yourself. But number one, this past year, I learned that I fill in the blank. Number two, I relearned that I and number three, I most needed to learn that. We'll come back and consider those questions here in just a minute. But I agree with Mark Batterson who said it like this. I believe we are all one prayer away from a, a totally different life. We're all just one prayer away from a, a totally different life. And if your life is not where you, you want it to be, to stop and say truly, you know, I am one prayer away from a, a totally different life. The emphasis throughout Scripture that, that focuses on the access we have in Jesus' name. Through prayer, through the incense pictures in Scripture in the temple as the incense would ascend up to heaven. An offering of prayer fills that heavenly throne room. And we're called to walk in that because we have that access now because there is no other name. What does Paul say? Pray without ceasing. That in everything we say I have a positive expectation that my prayers can, can move mountains. James, he tells us pray for one another. To stop and say do I give of myself to think of other people. Paul says that we are to pray for those in authority. To really get down and focus on our knees and pray with one mind. Pray for those in authority. Pray for open eyes. Pray for a, a change in hearts. 
Jesus talks about to, to pray in secret. You know, that secret place, it can just be the quietness of our heart, but truly focused. To say, I want to see, to see peace in the world, peace in my community, peace in my family. And have that positive expectation that when you go to prayer, as James says, to pray without doubting, but rather have an anticipation. This is my offering, Lord. When you talk about is blessed to give, think about how you can give in your, your prayer. Jesus told us to pray for those who persecute you. Tough thing to do, but in Him, when we are renewed, when we pray our Father who is in heaven, all things can be possible. What's impossible with man is possible in Christ. Jesus says, pray that you will not be tempted. So that you continue to walk in Him. When there's selfishness, to pray, make me a giver. Pray because today could be the day that Jesus comes back and you want to be in a place where you're walking in faith in Him. Uh, again, Scripture says, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And, and to say, I believe that. You know, R.C. Sproul, a, a theologian that has written some uh, very well-received books, but I love his quote here. Our problem isn't wanting things too much. It's not wanting Him enough. So you and I are called to come to this place where we are in Christ saying, I have this expectation of answered prayer. I have this expectation of a new life. And we'll consider here in a moment again, thinking back over this past year and thinking of the year before us. But at the heart of that, it has to be, I want to be a giver. My favorite stories is Rita Kloss. You know, Rita Kloss, she was a nun for a number of years and then she got MS. And she rapidly, just her health deteriorated. And, you know, she went from this strong faith to becoming an atheist. She was so angry at being ill. She went from crutches to a wheelchair. And she lost her faith. What happened is she became a school teacher filled with anger and just bitter. And one day, she had this dream, and she knew it was more than just a dream. And she woke up, and in the dream, she wakes up then, and in the dream, she heard God speak two words. And when she woke up, those two words were clear as day. And what happened is she went to school. She was teaching from a wheelchair, and suddenly her toes began to wiggle and she just kind of held her breath. She then just sat and watched the clock. She could not wait to go home. And when the day comes to an end at school, she goes home and she follows those two words that she just keeps hearing over and over and over. And when she does that, she's miraculously healed. And she jumps out of that wheelchair and she screams and she shouts and she celebrates. And then she runs around the block, completely healed. Calls everybody she knows and tells them. And then she calls her doctor and he accuses her of being a con artist. Didn't believe her. But now she's been testifying 
about her renewed faith ever since. And hers was a miraculous healing. Yours could be something else. But the two words that God spoke to her, he's speaking to you and to me every moment, every day. And maybe your turnaround is that you need emotional change. Maybe it's your relationship that's broken and you need that to change. Maybe it's a financial situation. Maybe it's a physical healing. Whatever it is, take and understand from Rita Kloss' example What is true for her is true for you and true for me. What are the two words that God said to her? The two words were simply, just ask. Just ask. When she needed that healing, when she needed more faith, when she needed a miracle, just ask. Maybe your relationship needs to be turned around, just ask. Maybe you've lost faith. And you're looking for a a renewal in that faith. And you think, I don't even know where to begin. Just ask. Maybe you're facing depression and fears and anxieties. Just ask. And with that just asking, have that positive expectation, again, of who you are in Christ and what it means to know him and become a giver and watch your life change. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus who said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So again, this past year, I learned that I, I relearned that I, I most needed to learn. And now going forward, what decision will help me enter more into God's calling? Take a few moments. Again, this past year, I learned that I, I relearned that I, I most needed to learn that. What decision will help me enter more into God's calling? Take a moment, write down or memorize in your heart this past year. I learned that I, I relearned that I, I most needed to learn that. what decision will help me enter more into God's calling so that I might become the giver that he's called me to be with that positive expectation, knowing what it is to have that blessed life because there is no other name.